Miss Yarrow, thou mercy. Greetings, heathens. Welcome to Hail Satan. This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose, and I'll be your host today. I'm a member of an independent congregation called Satanic Delco, and I'm also a member of the Satanic Temple. Today, I'm going to talk about cannabis, and I'll be joined by a special guest in just a little bit. First, let me mention some brand new patrons that have joined us. We've got TJ, Miles, Price, Jeremiah, Michaela, Erin, and Marissa. Thank you all very much for joining us. I hope to get to interact with all you guys more. If I haven't already, uh, we'll see you on the weekly Zooms and in the Satanic Delco Facebook group and everywhere else. You know the deal, right? Uh, we've got some listener mail. I reached out on Instagram, I believe it was, a few days back, and I just asked, who likes weed? What do you like about it? What does it do for you? And I got some responses, so let's take a look at some of those. Samael writes, hey there, Joseph. Just wanted to chime in on what a great plant the marijuana plant has been throughout my life as a disabled Satanist. I have several conditions, axonal brain shearing and Parkinson's disease. After finding out the diagnosis of these conditions came all the medications I was now to take, probably over 10 different ones from pain to migraines to dopamine regulation, antidepressants, etc. This was before I was a Satanist. I had no insurance, and it seemed like all help I could find was from Catholic or Christian charities. I ended up getting my medical card one day on a whim and never turned back. I feel great most days. I was able to cut out more than half of the toxic medications they were trying to get me on. It really is a miraculous plant. I agree. Uh, thank you very much for writing in. Yeah, man, I'm pretty averse to medications and you know pills and stuff generally. I, I've probably mentioned that before. I get it. We've got one from Zandra. Being a Satanist has taught me a lot of things, and the first was to better my mind and body for me. And using marijuana has helped in that growth and self-discovery. Starting as a medical patient, I used weed to help fight chronic illness, Tourette's syndrome, and anxiety. By doing this, I was able to better myself, not only physically, but mentally, as my pain has decreased and my mental state continues to improve. However, I faced backlash from my community, mostly family, in my use of this medicine. Because it is so misrepresented and demonized by society, there isn't a proper understanding of the benefits marijuana has. Tenets 3 and 4 supported my right to use and to advocate for others to have that same right. I think as Satanists, it is important that we advocate for legalized marijuana as it aligns with these tenets and guiding principles. I love the podcast and keep up the great work. Zandra, thank you very much. I am also a medical patient here in my state of Pennsylvania. And yeah, you mentioned the um, the sort of stigma that is still attached to marijuana. And I think it's getting better as legalization grows across the country and the world. I guess that's shrinking, you know? 
I can only hope it continues to move quickly in that direction. Adrian writes in, I love weed because it's versatile and can help so many people. It helps my social anxiety, nausea, migraines, and depression. It gives things flavor. I think it's awesome that there's so many different strains where the ratios of indicas and sativas can affect you a little bit differently and that the CBD helps a plethora of ailments. Plus, there's plenty of different ways to consume it. I love chilling and smoking with people where you can feel relaxed and debate what ifs and maybe eat some weird shit. Yes, Adrian, I know what you're saying. And yeah, it definitely does make things a little extra delicious. One night I was out with a friend. We were quite stoned and we were looking to get a burger and we stumbled upon Wahlburgers and we ate a little Wahlburgers burger and I was so high that I believed in that moment that I was eating the greatest burger in the whole world. In reality, I most certainly was not. But at the moment, it worked for me. Thank you, Cannabis. We've got one last one from Tamoa. She writes in, I use CBD oil and smoke. Both of them are super helpful for me in different ways. The CBD oil helps me big time with joint pain from a gymnastics injury in my knee and ankle. It also helps me noticeably with my recurring migraines. I get them as part of my menstrual cycle, and with CBD, they're less painful and shorter. Before I started CBD oil, a migraine would last usually between three to five days. It's been cut down to a few hours on and off over three days at most. And a fun little perk is that it makes me way less anxious. It's great. Highly recommend it. Most of all, I love weed because it has given me the capacity to really like myself. I'm going to be serious for a moment. I have PTSD from a sexual assault in my childhood. I was just shy of eight years old when it happened, so being a child didn't really last long for me. It's one of my earliest memories and I've revisited it too many times. Along with counseling and therapy, weed has allowed me to have childlike joy and silliness again as an adult. I feel like processing my trauma and healing would have gone much slower without weed and witchcraft. Weed puts me in a place mentally where I can just live in the present and enjoy whatever I'm doing, whether it's eating too much candy, listening to a bitchin' album, or getting giggly on one of our Zooms, it makes me enjoy whatever I'm doing so much. It quiets the anxious and ugly voices in my brain. It fucking rocks. I'll never stop. You know, if I'm being honest, when I first read that second half of this email, I got a little, I got a little emotional, perhaps. I was... uh I was really feeling where you're coming from, Tamoa. Thank you very much for sharing this. And I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, that end part about just sort of making what you're doing better and listening to a great album that is made even better when you have a nice high going and and being giggly and, and maybe bringing yourself back into something that resembles a childlike state. I think that's really valuable, and I can relate to that part of it as well. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that. Let me take a moment to remind you guys to stop by HailSatanPodcast.com. You'll find links to all of our social media platforms on there. There's a form on the website to send us an email, and you'll find a link to our shop as well as our Patreon, 
where you can join up and support the show and get all kind of different benefits depending on the tier that you join. So go visit HailSatanPodcast.com. Thank you very much. Now, we are joined by a very special guest. Joining us is Jerry. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Hello, friends. (laughs) I'm Jeremy Wood, mediocre internet celebrity. How are you doing, Jerry? What's happening? Nothing much. I feel great. Today is a beautiful sunny day, and I get to do a satanic podcast with a good friend. You know, we're going to talk about weed here today. What? We're going to talk about weed. I don't smoke weed. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) You're already lying on the podcast. Um, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Where did the term devil's lettuce come from, Jerry? Tell me. I imagine that has something to do. I, again, I'm just guessing. I'm speculating. Like reefer madness, the time when, you know, whoa, this, this de- 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 demonic possession that you get when you inhale this this uh, Native American truck or whatever the fuck. Oh, wow, Jerry. I'm pretty sure they threw it on some sort of level of minority white people did to criminalize they, this thing. They did. Uh, so uh, I don't know where the devil's lettuce actually came from. Tell me. Well, I've got some notes here. How about it? As far as I can tell. There is no definitive source to cite when it comes to the origins of the term. We can look at the culture around the time it came into vogue, which is the 1930s, when, as you mentioned, the whole reefer madness first began. Uh, There are also references to devil's lettuce on anti-weed film posters from the 1930s and 1940s. False claims and smear campaigns against cannabis, often instigated by government institutions as an indirect means of enacting racist policy, are the real reason terms like devil's lettuce and even marijuana became such commonplace synonyms for cannabis. Mm. What do you think of that? No, that's not something I was Look right. If, we, if you're going to try, if you try to weaponize something or make it, make it like a, a, a terrible thing, uh, blame it on minority. White people are terrible. We're terrible people. We're terrible people. At least back in the 30s, we were all. Well, I mean, you know, mm. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't go that I, far as to I, generalize nah, in man, such a way. I look in the mirror as a 43-year-old white man with gray hair, and I say, like, yep, that's it. That's the devil. Your hair is quite gray. I'm losing, I'm, yeah, I'm losing all pigmentation. It, it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you see that's God punishing you. For what? Being a white man? Yes. <laughs> Perhaps so. <laughs> Maybe so, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I see myself in the mirror. I, I see myself high in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm better now. I, I, I do love marijuana. I do love that we have a history of it. I love you that do you have, love it. I do. It's been, it's been a part of my life since I've been uh, 15 years old. Now, we don't have a really detailed plan for our episode, aside from the fact that we are going to talk about cannabis, and I have a few bullet points of things you know, related to my use and history with all of this. If you guys are, you know, regular listeners to the show, you know that my last episode was just a general drugs episode focusing on sort of an overview of my history and feelings with drugs generally, and a big part of that includes cannabis, but I had planned to do episodes that focus specifically on cannabis and an episode that will focus specifically on psychedelics. Uh, I didn't necessarily intend for this episode to come so quickly after the last one, but this is where we find ourselves. Here we are. Here we are. So, Jerry, what is your relationship with cannabis? What is it all about? When did it come into your life? I was uh, 15 years old. My brother, Dan, uh, we had, my dad was trying to uh, get with my friend Dan's uh, mother. So we would go and he would go, we would go and hang out. I did not want to do Wait, this. Wait, hold on. So my dad was divorced and he was trying to date. Okay. And so I had to be forced to hang out with 
whoever he was dating's kids. Gotcha. So me and my brother, we're, we're now we're now legitimately brothers. We don't we don't say stepbrother anymore. And so we we, we had uh, one night we were just forced to just we're, we're playing Sega. And my brother looks at me, you want to get high? And I was like, I don't. I How don't much older? Is I he? was yeah, I was fifteen, and he was oh, actually he's younger than me, so oh. he's fourteen. No shit. Mm-hmm. So we're fifteen, fourteen. So we he he finds me. And he was he was you know it's Brookhaven. It's closer to yeah. I don't know where. I don't know how we got it, but he found the marijuana. <laughs> so we go into a a laundry room. He just found it somewhere. He found it somewhere on the ground. And, and later in life, I picked up drugs I did not know and just did them anyway. See what they were. We'll talk about that on future episodes. Okay. So uh, we um we go to the laundry room because it was an apartment complex. You know the ones with the coins and all that stuff. And then we smoked this shit. It was a different feeling. It was it, you know I was scared. You know. <laughs> And I hadn't picked up cigarettes yet. So, like, it was hard. You know, you hold it in. You know, he taught me how to do it. You were 15. I was 15. Okay. And then uh, he, um, and then, and at the end, it was like, now. And now, what'd you have? This was a little joint. He smoked, we smoked like a whole joint. This is like for the first time, you know, yeah. so it was like a lot. Right. And it, but you have to understand, this was 93, 92, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the, the weed wasn't as strong as it is now. There yeah. has been a, defi- a a definite upgrade, yeah. an uptick, and almost to a point where I was like, "That's too much." He's <laughs> like, right. "What the fuck? I got things to do today." And then, um, so we do. We smoke the we smoke the joint in this laundry room. He said, "There's a reason I brought you here." And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, "Whoa!" And he's like, "And he's all right, Jerry." And then he rubs detergent all over. <laughs> then we what? rub detergent all over each other so we don't smell to cover the smell. So we don't smell like marijuana. So we come in smelling like Snuggles the bear. <laughs> no one asks us any question because my dad's trying to get with this chick. So it doesn't matter. He's not paying attention to us. So a lot of my drug use comes from parents not looking around. They don't see me. Right. Uh, for years, I got away with this. <laughs> and, and, and I would, and every time I would get high, and we'll, we'll go over it later how much weed uh, we smoked throughout the years. But uh, it became sort of like a thing. I've, and then when I did it, I realized there was, I now know what everyone's talking about now. The music I was listening to was very heavy. It was uh, you had friends around you that had already been using it. No, I was the first oh, one okay. in my friend's circle to do it. My my sister was my sister's two years younger than me. Already knew about it. Really? Yeah, she was. She's she's yeah. She did a lot of things. All right. And then, uh, so we uh, yeah we we that was my first experience. And then on the way home there was big hills. And I'm like, Whoa. do you remember much about it? Is it is it a clear memory for you? Or? Very clear. Really? Very clear. Because yeah. it's 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 naughty. It's scary. It's a yeah. drug. I mean, this is the and you rig- definitely got high. Like right oh, away. really high. And this wasn't. And this. I mean, well, it was a Clinton era, but we all. I grew up in the Reagan era, and yeah. he had, and he was like, just say no. Drugs are bad. And then I remember cops coming to classes when I was in like third, fourth grade, and they would hand us bags of drugs and say, "That's what it looks like." Don't yeah, do that. You know, yeah. they, don't, they don't do that shit anymore because yeah, of the internet. Well, I, on, on, our, uh, on my drugs episode, I briefly, I think, recounted an assembly that I had early in elementary school. It might have been second grade, I think. And some guy came in with a whole presentation. And my memory of it is that he kind of wheeled in like a, a display case with all the drugs in there. And were they really the drugs? I no, don't fucking knows? know. Yeah. Maybe they were just like a you know facsimile of the drugs, but they were labeled like this is uh, this is cannabis, this is cocaine, whatever mm-hmm. you know. And then we watched this movie, and the clearest thing that I remember from that is this image of a woman. She was just like a brunette woman with a one piece swimsuit on, and she jumps into an empty swimming pool. Mm. Because, you know, she's on drugs, so clearly she's going to jump off something and kill herself. For sure. Because that's that. what you do if we you all, smoke weed. We all do that. And uh, that was enough for me. Uh, that's all I had to see. I was like, well, 
not doing that then. That's uh, thanks for the information. I don't. Know. I am now never going to touch drugs. I don't. Know. I don't want to die. Do you want to hear a PCP story? Sure. Let's uh, hear it. So this is actually, We're the, we are in the middle of a cannabis episode. Well, no, it has a lot to do with cannabis because oh, well, that's what let's we thought it. we were getting. Okay. So we had uh, gone to uh, we had uh, picked up a friend of ours named Dave. I won't give last names on this one. Please give them. No, I can't. <laughs> we picked up Dave, and we lived in a place near Ch- in Chester. Uh, it was it's a it's a borough of Chester. Uh, his father was a police chief. So he had somehow gotten his hands on some joints and he was like, cool. And he found them. His dad had them. So these are and like stolen police evidence. Something. Yeah, he stole evidence from his father. Okay. <laughs> something like that shit. Great. And why it was at, why it was around it was no idea. So we're smoking and we thought we're joints. And we're, and, and like right in the middle of it, we're like, this doesn't taste like weed, man. And we're in the middle of Chester Park. And then nothing. I don't remember a fucking, I mean, I remember everything slowing down. And then, but I always had a routine. <laughs> Like then Dave drove us home. Yeah, I always had a routine though. Like when I came home in my parents' room, I would go downstairs and play Mortal Kombat or some video game. Just like I would always say, "Hey guys, how you doing?" Like I had enough sanity and focus to get enough to get to see my parents and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then right down in the basement, turn on the video game. And sometimes I, when I was on the PCP, I just turned it on and looked at it. And it was just in demo mode. But you didn't even have to play. My brother, who I was with, again, the same brother who turned me on to, to, to weed, and he didn't know he was doing PCP. None of us did. And he, um, he goes into, he goes into his, his bedroom, makes the bed backwards, and he's talking, his mother's talking to his mother. I said, Dan, don't go in there. Talks to his mother the whole time, makes the bed backwards, and falls asleep with his ass in the air standing up with his head on the pillow. Wow. Yeah, so then he gets his shit split. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he had a, and he was part of a, you know, his father had to come over for the weekends because he was only on a weekend, you know, they were divorced, so it was weekend visits. Yeah. Dad comes home. I'm still downstairs, and they're yelling at Dan. You can hear him like getting fucked up, like you shouldn't do this. And then the father goes, "What about Jerry?" And then I'm like, <laughs> "Fucking pig! What about Jerry? <laughs> Is Jerry high too?" They call me up. They call me up the stairs, and I'm like, at this point, I can't hide it because I only had 30 seconds of sanity. So I get upstairs. I'm fucking bleary eyed. I'm on PCP. And then they asked me, he's like, why didn't you tell us you were high too? Now, normally a child would be like, I'm why not didn't high. You tell us. Well, yeah, I'm not high. I was like, you never asked. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the dad immediately slapped me. Now, how me, old so, are you at this point? At this point, I'm 17. 17. 17. So right. but it, I never did PCP after that. And I never meant to do it in the so, first place. Wait, did you, how did you ever even find out you had used PCP? He, uh, Dave, uh, Dave's father called. The police chief. Yeah. Okay. He called and he told he uh, he made us all very aware of, of what the drug was. we did. And uh, what and did he, he then become aware that it was like stolen evidence? From oh, I don't know what happened to Dave. I never saw Dave again. You really never did. <laughs> I never saw him Jeez. again in a, in a colloquial circumstance. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was a little pissed off with that though because I, I wasn't. Imagine. It wasn't one of those things. Like everything went sideways, yeah. and it was a good feeling. And I think, yeah, if I ever thought I was smoking weed. And somebody had given me PCP, I'd be rather pissed. It, it had it had something in it. Like there was marijuana in there, but it was yeah. laced, you know. So it was, it was yeah. terrifyingly. That's intense. a thing, right? Don't people do a thing where it's like a joint or a cigarette or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like dipped in it, stuff? Ether. You can dip, you can dip them in ether, and I forget what that's called. Uh, yeah. So if you dip it in, in in your not ether, what is that? The embalming fluid. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You can dip it in embalming right. fluid, and I know there's a word for that. I I, for, I used to know. Because I would get shipments of him. Yeah, why am I not thinking of it right now? I, I know what you mean. But. Well, but I've never done that. I have done... Uh... I might not be oh. Jerry, this song, it's called Stay for a Song. This is the song that was playing 
the first time I ever got high. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you I didn't for realize that the song would start so abruptly. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really. You know what, though? This I ver- thought I was going to sneak it in there and nah, fade nah, it in. This, this is very much how we operate <laughs> naturally. Um, yeah, my first time, I don't want to, I don't want to tread over too much of the same territory that I just talked about in the last episode, so I'll just briefly give you a taste. But yeah, my first time, I, I told the tale, I'd, I'd considered using weed after I'd spent a lifetime of not considering it. I was real set in my ways why this is not a thing for me and why it shouldn't be for anyone, because it's for losers. Mm-hmm. And I was above all that. But long story short, I changed my mind. I got my weed from the evil dark net. And I had my little vaporizer, and my plan was to use it before I worked out in the morning. That was my plan. That was always my plan. I thought, I'm going to get stoned and go to the gym. Did you think that from watching other people do it, because you've been around musicians your whole life and all that other stuff, that you Um, could do that? Because I'm not a guy who wants to do anything I find unpleasant when I'm on marijuana. On our other thing, on the grunge, if I don't like an album, I become less tolerant of it because I'm high because I prefer to do what I want to do when I'm high yeah I'm not a tinker well here's the thing I was going to be going to the gym and working out anyway right no matter what I was going to do that so I can try it stoned or not so I figured I might as well I mean maybe it'll make it more pleasurable because it sucks mm-hmm. so might as well make it better so I uh, I drove over to the gym very early in the morning. I don't know, maybe it was seven thirty in the morning, whatever my usual time was at that time. It was twenty fifteen, and uh, I parked my car. I was very paranoid. Okay, I had never done this before. All right, right. I mean, what's it like when you first? I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but like when you're doing something that you've never done before, that like your throat sort of closes up, your heart's racing. Yeah, I just had no know. idea. This was your first foray into any drug, though. anything, anything. So this has got to be like a, it's a watershed moment. Yeah. I can't imagine sitting there looking at it. You had to hesitate. Yeah, I had a little, my little vaporizer. I had this little thing. Uh, I was just thinking about it earlier today. I couldn't remember what it's called, but it was called the Magic Flight Launch Box. I still have it in my closet. I think I have not used it's it. Funny, you bought a vaporizer. Man. I did. Everyone else rolled joints or smoked out of a Pepsi can. Yeah, I couldn't with do aluminum that. Aluminum foil. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I needed a gadget. So I had my little launch box. Was over by the gym, but I was paranoid. So I didn't want to just sit in my car, like, right in my normal parking spot. I had to, like, find, like, a parking spot out of the way, like, under a tree or whatever. Yeah, I was like, let me, like, are there police? I'm, like, looking around. I'm like, I'm going to go to jail. You know, I'm a grown man. You know, I'm 37 years old at this point, you know. And uh, I got this Graveyard album playing, and and that was the song um, that was playing, Stay for a Song. And so I got to work. I got token on my little vaporizer. And it worked. It worked pretty well. It's, I started to feel a little something. Yeah. You know, and I was concerned. I was aware of the reality that I've heard for forever that sometimes your first time, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make you high the first time for whatever reason that is. I don't really know. So I was aware of the fact that that was a possibility. But that didn't happen in my case. Uh, it worked just fine. And... um I had no idea of how much, how many times do I hit this thing? Do how much do I need? What's going to happen? I don't know. I probably got myself significantly stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what happened. Yeah. And then I pulled my car to a more normal parking spot closer to the gym, 
And I rolled in there and um, got changed and climbed up onto the elliptical machine, put my earbuds in as I usually did, and got started with what was my typical workout at the time, which was probably 40 minutes on the machine. That's how I would start my morning. And I did. And the first album I listened to was one that I was listening to a bit at that time, which is this one, The Beauty Behind the Madness uh, from The Weeknd. Mm. I was was just into that album at the time and still into it, but this is the one I I was into at the moment. I put it on. I got on that machine, Jerry, and really... It was fantastic. It, it's it's a wonderful feeling. And you know what's nice about marijuana is the economy of time with it. You're not blazed for hours and hours and hours. You know, you're able to get things done in the middle of it. Like there's an intense portion. What I, I what I found more attractive, we're talking about music and all that stuff, is that at the time in the nineties, some of the best hip hop was out was ever ever came out, came out. You know, you had your Wu Tang clan, your Snoop Dogg. I finally I finally understood what Snoop Dogg was talking about. You know, like I didn't <laughs> yes. know. You know, I, so like gin and juice and all that other shit. So like I'm hearing it, now I'm part of it. Cypress Hill had an album out called Black Sunday. Yep. And I, and I really, what marijuana did for me at a young age, I rediscovered, I lose artwork. Like, I lose, like, my creative sense, and then oh. I'll regain it again. Right. And what marijuana's always done is it, uh, before alcohol, which I think actually murdered a lot of my uh, of my ambition, The uh, is that it, it brought a lot out of me as a teenager. You're an angry person when you're a teenager. I was. And you never got the, you never got the... <laughs> The dull that right. You, you were just straight, straight edge, and you never, you never altered it. I was able to alter my negativity and 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 sort assert and search this out to a point where I was blaze brazen with it. I would smoke weed on the streets. I mean, up until I was like twenty five, I was fucking lighting blunts <laughs> just and joints around with all weed. the time. You remember we used to hang out uh, with all of our friends in, at, at, at our friend Debbie's house, you know, and stuff right. like that. I mean, I, I would walk there just blazing up, you know. And I look at children doing it now, and I'm like, mm. I get like, I get judgy. You know, but I know that that was me back in the day. Like the culture was wonderful. I bought high times. <laughs> I really bought into that shit in my twenties uh, till I was twenty eight. I still do love this jam. I'm it's just hearing song. it in the background here. <laughs> I think the culturally, it's fantastic, and I it has a really it had a bad reputation for well, yeah, a while, and then all sure. the, but Cheech and Chong, you have to give them a lot of credit. <laughs> say that again, Cheech and Chong. It's funny how you say that, Chong. It's like water. <laughs> You know, yes, uh, Jerry. But I mean, I remember those movies coming out, and and I remember my dad had an album, and one of the Chong albums, Cheech and Chong albums, came out with it. <laughs> one of the I love when you say yeah, it. one of those one of the albums of those guys came out with the biggest. Oh, the ro- giant rolling the paper. giant rolling right, paper. Right. Uh, fantastic idea for that. Sorry, guys, uh, I'll fade this music away. <laughs> yeah, just listening to the weekend here. I just, I it wasn't vilified in my life, but it it was still very illegal. <laughs> you know, it was certainly illegal. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now we're seeing. Uh, I see dispensaries everywhere. Everything's good. And how does this? Uh, I wonder how it ties into. Uh, I guess it's devil's lettuce. Is the is the is the. Uh, well, no. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't tie in a whole lot. I mean, it's funny to say the devil's lettuce. Yeah. But um. But really, yeah. Like I like I said on the last episode, this is one that just falls into the category of life in general. Oh, not connective tissue through the that. eyes of modern Satanists, mm. uh, which we are. You so and I. what's your favorite uh, <laughs> weed movie? We, you and I. <laughs> weed movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, what are some we, weed movies? We both enjoy Stoner Rock. Oh, you know what? I, I don't know that it counts, but my favorite weed movie is The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, where the dude is, uh, the like dude is takes, quite <laughs> a little stoner. I think him, if him and the Brad Pitt character from True Romance met, yes. it'd be a better movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I would yeah. like to enjoy. Yeah, it. I would say The Big Lebowski is my favorite. It's also one of my favorite movies. Right. Period. Your dogs so. are named after them, so it's like you know, it's a thing. Yeah. So I have a little. Um, I have some bullet points right. that I just made. I had a, a couple of lists. One was why I didn't like or want drugs back in the day, and then I have a bunch of um, sort of upsides that I've discovered since beginning. Right. Um, so some of the things that are on the list for why I didn't like or want drugs. And again, I, I think I might've talked about some of this, but this will be quick. One major factor was I had this mindset that all of the people around me were using these substances, primarily weed and alcohol. I think maybe alcohol might've been the primary one back then. Um, people were using them as this, a crutch, a, a social crutch mm-hmm. of types. Social lubricant, they would call it. Yeah, yeah. And and I just, I don't know. I, maybe it was just my personality type. I don't know what it was, but I didn't see the sense in it. I, I felt bad about people that had this constant need or desire. It was like, why can't you just have fun without this? Like, what is wrong with you? Why, why do you have to be dependent. The idea that you would be dependent on a thing to exist or do a thing or have fun or whatever was a weakness. That was a sign of weakness. And you're using this thing as a crutch and therefore you are like, you have a mental weakness or something. And I didn't want to fall into that. I didn't like the idea of it. So I always thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to just be myself or whatever. You know, I, I found some benefit, some, some mental thing I got into where my feeling was I'm going to do things the hard way, like all the time, because that will build some kind of character or something that, that difficult journey will be worth it. And it'll make me better somehow. And I don't know, you know, maybe there's some truth to that in certain ways. Um, but I definitely had a real negative view of using these substances. Is this from a single digit age on? I mean, you probably, you've seen a lot of, of things. Um, I mean, it was more I, like in my teen years. I, I remember seeing, and I'm not to cut you off. I, no, no. I love what you're talking. I love what you're talking about. But the, uh, I remember my dad and my mom used to, uh, in, in, when I was in, you know, single digits, eight, nine and all that stuff, they would have a lot of parties, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd see people being happy, but then the parties would progress and they wouldn't end. And mm-hmm. then there'd be men, like men in the bathroom crying, <laughs> you know, I hate to see you. And all I don't that think shit. I ever saw that. I I saw a lot of like people. I did see plenty it. of bad behavior. Yeah, I seen a lot of that too. Fights yeah. and all this other stuff. Get you know, get, kid men I did not know yelling at me. Really, because it, it started out real fun, and I think that's alcohol. I didn't see a lot of marijuana in, in, yeah. in those at those parties. So like, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, well, I saw some stuff amongst adults, but when it got to my teen years, it was all about my peers, my friends, and acquaintances from high school and you know, around the surrounding neighborhoods and things like that, that I would... I don't think we've ever partied. We never partied together. We went to one party, and that was that was a critical point in my life. But there was a... Yeah. I don't think we ever really... You never saw me in that light. Yeah, yeah. The crew I was around back then, they were just deep in it, man. Mm-hmm. It was constant drinking and whatever. Not even just weed. People were getting into all kinds of drugs. Yeah. And even, you know, now that I sit here thinking about it, even earlier than that, you know, I've told these stories and talked about how when I was really pretty young, elementary school age, I would hang out with these older kids. I would hang out. I was like 
pestering them. I was following them around and they would tolerate me. You know, I thought they were the coolest. They were the older, like old school heavy metal kids. You know, they had the denim jackets and long hair and Iron Maiden and shit. You know, I was into it. And I started really seeing it with them, you know, just seeing kids get sick. And um, I, I knew a, a kid that died. Um, they were in a car, uh, my neighbor, friend, and and his man were were driving around doing something. And they were avoiding the police at one point. And they smashed into like an off-ramp and, and the kid died. And these are kids. Yeah. You know, these are teenagers. Um, and it was terrible. And so there was just a whole lot of that. And and I didn't at that point make any real detailed separations between one substance versus another. It wasn't like weed is good and alcohol is bad or this or this. It was just like, y'all are on drugs and fuck this. <laughs> but it was weird. I had these conflicting feelings because from a pretty early age, you know, I was immersed and in love with rock and roll and heavy metal. You know, I was way into that as a kid. And I was aware of the overlap between that culture and the drug culture. And I thought that was cool. Like, despite my bad feelings that I had, I also had all these feelings that were like, that's cool. Like, there's something cool about it when, like, these cool rock and roller dudes do it. But for some reason, when all these piece of shits around me do it, it's different. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So, yeah, that that was a, a big one. There was that idea that you guys need a crutch. And that's like a negative thing, and that turned me off. I think I think with music, first when I realized that was on drugs was Lou Reed. Really? And I was like, yeah, that doesn't look like fun at all. Yeah. Like I mean, then I realized then I saw Van Halen, you know, as a child. That looks like a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. The other one was the idea of being in control. I wanted to be in control, certainly of myself, you know, my physical body and my actions. And what I saw from everyone else was very not in control. And again, a lot of this stuff, you know, our focus today is on cannabis, but looking back, a lot of that was probably alcohol Um, because that, you know, was the most common thing. Weed was, you know, right behind that, I would guess. Uh, But that was a big one. Yeah. The idea of being in control. If you were like, the only time I would ever get sick is it on out or get vomit or whatever you get some sort of like bad feeling of alcohol. Generally, if you do overdo it, is when I would smoke weed right, right at right, right the end to a point now where I didn't drink without weed though. I, I mm. like, I, I had matured to the point, like if I didn't have marijuana, I wouldn't drink. So yeah. I like, I would just leave it alone. But like, I would always get the spins as in my youth. I learned to make, I learned to hone that craft <laughs> and to perfect it. So yeah. like I, I had certain area, certain times as to when I would get high, but if I couldn't get high, it wouldn't dull the, the, the cold blade that is alcohol. Yeah. Same with cocaine. Um, the only other one I had on here was just the fear, the mm. fear of having some sort of negative effects, whatever that might be. And for me, the general fear of the unknown, it was like, I don't know exactly what this is going to feel like, what it's going to be like, what's going to happen. And that was scary, yeah, you know? And uh, I don't know what the fuck it, it all, it's such a weird contradiction. Like, it, it almost didn't fit with my personality and mindset for so many of those years to not be on drugs. Like, you know, it, it was kind of like, why wasn't I? But I did have all these reasons, and, and they made I, sense at the time. Knowing you back then, it was, it was a major personality trait. 
And you yeah. could immediately engage people with it. Where there's a social a social lubricant we talked about with alcohol. Like you'll say anything to anybody. Now you're charming. Now you're beautiful. Now you're the yeah. – you think you're funny. You know, we all do. Uh, <laughs> but like you could engage – you're the straight edge guy. The straight edge guy could confront you and now you have the advantage. Right. You would have to say, could we talk about control? Yeah. Somebody who's around a bunch of fucked up people can manipulate that room who's not on every. You say you're not on anything. You can manipulate the environment. Yeah. They're all puppets at this point. <laughs> like, I've been in some real, like, shit where four or five people are just shit-faced, bad. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're, you can move that person That's around. like my nightmare. Yeah, but <laughs> you, had, you had a level of control in that. Yeah. What I ended up doing was isolating myself a lot. Mm. I ended up just spending more time by myself and not hanging out as much and whatever. I think that's valuable. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, all these years later, and I've obviously changed my views about these things, and I do use substances now, a a few of them. I'm glad that I did things the way I did them. I find that it uh, it just turned out well. You know, it benefits me. I think I entered into it all with a bit of intention or at least at least thoughtfulness, caution. You, you know? researched it. I mean, a lot of us went yeah. first into it, had no idea, and kept doing it yeah. and doing it and doing it. Without and just the idea of generally being an older mm-hmm. and hopefully, therefore, wiser or more mature man, I was able to not just, all right, well, I'm just going to get crazy and try all the drugs and ruin my life. You know, <laughs> like, I didn't exactly want to do that. Okay. I, I, yeah, I mean, you have to, you have perspective. Yeah. And, and if you can't look at other people's examples, I was talking to my wife about this just today. Uh, we can't look at what other people are doing and how they've done it in order to define ourselves. You shouldn't. You cannot. That's a very, it's a huge thing. Really important and thing. It's, <laughs> I find this to be a, the biggest card. Like I do have my negative, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a negative leading man. I understand that. But I'm not grounded to a point where I believe people are people that are that are always this way and this is what this is and this is what this is and my hangups are true and blah blah blah. Yeah. You can't have that. And what marijuana lets you do is let you I became keenly aware of everyone's feelings, how I would feel, what I want to feel. Yeah. And I'm able to actually almost smell an area and read. Well, it. here, let, let's we're going to talk about oh, I'm sorry. some of the no no. No, we're going to talk about some of the benefits and stuff like like you're getting into, like yeah. what we feel about it now, but just so we know, what is your sort of current relationship with cannabis. Cannabis is a is an end of the night type thing. I still can I can never do it while I worked. People I know people who can who just work and they and they, they get high during it then they're better or they they think they're better. You know what I mean? They can do things with it. Yeah. I find it to be more of an end of the night thing uh, or 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 beginning of the day thing. If I have nothing to do, mm-hmm. I want to play I want to play some uh, wiffle ball or something like, yeah, I'll smoke a joint and and then, uh, or if I, at the end of the night, you know, I'll just sit there, watch some TV or read a book, you know, you are I, a more or less daily cannabis user. I tried it. Yeah. Every, every, maybe if it's not every day, it's every other day and it's not a lot. I'm 43 now. So it's like, it's like three hits, you know, and it's enough to take the edge off and, and reflect. If I don't reflect then I'm just going to keep pile driving into days and it's just like that day was this i'm gonna keep going so on your average regular weekday or whatever you you get up you live your life you go to work and Mm -hmm. you come home in the evening i do my podcast and you just want to unwind and you have uh what's your normal method of consumption i will i smoke a bowl i i I can't do vaporizers anymore man i (laughs) i had i know we have a i had left a wedding i had done one of the when before medical marijuana became a thing 
They had to, you remember the pillows? It would fill the vaporizer, it would fill a whole Oh, yes, the, the bags. The yeah. bags, man. And I had gone to a wedding with a woman who had, who was built like a brick shit house. Beautiful woman, fantastic. Okay. Beautiful woman, body wise. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, the top of the head looked like the Jersey Devil. It just, she had a God, horse, a uh, very. Jerry, what are you shockingly saying? Shockingly annoying horsewoman. And wow. uh, that was my first foray into it. I had, I had, I was, what we did for me is I was so upset with this whole situation. That I I left a whole wedding. I got up after smoking that bag of AK forty seven. They called it at the time, and it was I was the strain. It was the strain. Yeah, and I fucking left, and I felt so good. It was like a Judd Nelson <laughs> moment. Like we're at the end of the Breakfast Club, right? I was like, you know what? I'm out of here, lady. You know, and I just I left her. My date, and she was so obnoxious. She was so mean and obnoxious, and for no reason. And marijuana gave me the clarity to exit that situation. Yeah, you can edit that out. I'll leave it in. I mean, it, it's your life. <laughs> a rocking body is. with a horse head. Well, I'm, Still, <laughs> that's don't, Jerry. I don't want that. Guys, on this. That was just to be clear. That was Jerry. I don't want this Not on me. this reputable satanic podcast. That's right. <laughs> I forgot um, the question. What were we talking about? I don't know. I was asking about your daily routine. With oh, my weed. daily routine. Uh, they, it's just so it's, at nighttime you have a bowl. Yeah, or or here uh, we we do our other thing, and I come in here and do that too. So yeah. I was like, and then you uh, you just what is it? What is it? do for you i mean i know that's probably a a question that you take for granted at this point it's just part of your routine i feel better but kind of if you can in some way Mm -hmm. articulate what it what it does for you well like through through the years i've changed when i when i do uh when i do get when i do get high it's changed what i do like Mm -hmm. i used to be very social i would call people and blah 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 Mm -hmm. but now it's it's morphed into more of a me time thing and uh, every the house is quiet. There's no TV, and I'll listen to music sometimes. But then it just it's just a decompression. What happened? What's this? Is it that big of a deal? And it all just melts away. And that's what that's what marijuana is to me. Yeah. It, it melt the problems away. Become fresh. Become new. A new uh, a new paint of coat <laughs> on <laughs> yes. you. And then and then and then you uh, and then you wake up the next morning and do it all over again because that's the drudgery of life. What marijuana yes. does is able you're able to see through it and see the vivid colors that that this life can provide. That's that's a big big part what you just described right there of why I wanted to start considering using some substances, um, which was you know such a significant change from where I found myself all those years. I really wanted something to provide a uh, a balance. To what I found to be that drudgery of life in general and the daily problems and all of that, um, just the mundane nature that I found myself in all the time. And yeah, that was a big part of it. I wanted something to just tip the scales a little bit. You know, I know that substances aren't going to solve my problems or fix anything, of course, but it's enough to adjust your mindset. Mm-hmm. Gain perspective. Yeah, and I found it to be real helpful in that way. And so you and I, we listen to music pretty often while stoned, mm-hmm. which is a, a major thing that I love to do while I'm stoned. And you find that to just increase your enjoyment of the music or well, get you in well, a space where you're depending like Depending on the intake, you can put yourself in different situations. I can act things yeah. out. Um, you know, they, they, there might be a wrestling theme song and I just want to feel adulation or <laughs> I'm talking about or, good music, Jerry. <laughs> I know. Well, I, <laughs> sometimes I put on, you know, Maxi Priest and I, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I'm just like, you know, but yeah, good music or bad music or whatever, you know, you, yeah. you put yourself in a situation where you can reenact these things because it's a performance and what your mind is doing is it's, 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 un, it's, it's unloading all of those things. And sometimes you realize you were an asshole to somebody on that day and you're like, 
maybe I should reflect on that person, talk to them, or call them, you know? But, like, uh, you put yourself in a different situation if there's no problems and everything's good and you just, you can be in the moment. And yeah. I don't, and, and that, and I, like you said, it's like real life, you can't be in the moment a lot. You're, you're thinking ahead. You got to think three steps ahead sometimes. And if you're in the moment and you're honest with yourself, I think marijuana brings that forward. You can't, you have to do it. You do. I'm not saying you should do drugs because of that. We've, this, that should be a thing. You should do that on your own as well without having help. You should actually stop for a minute and think, but sure. so very rarely do we get to do that. And what marijuana does is it concentrates it, not forces you, but makes it more fun to think about. Yeah. It. I made a little list here to remind myself of some of the things that I've found to be benefits of cannabis since I've been using it for several years now. And the first two were music and introspection. Mm -hmm. Those are the first two that came to mind. And like I said, that the first one became obvious literally from the first day I ever got stoned. What I found was when I started listening to music, again, I was using headphones or earbuds at the time. Right from that first day, the first thing I noticed was it became sort of high def. It was like this additional layer of clarity that was like I could hear it like super good, super yeah. clear. And now you're hearing the lyrics clearer. You yeah, know, you, everything. And then I got, this was the greatest discovery, and, and I, I still get this all the time. I found myself able to isolate parts of the mix. I'd be listening to whatever it was, The weekend or, or or a favorite Black Sabbath album, whatever. And I could focus in on any part of the music. I'm like, oh, listen to that bass line. And almost like my hands were on the faders on the mixing board, I could isolate mm -hmm. in my mind the elements. I could really hear the vocal. I could really hear the guitar or the bass. Yeah. You know, I could like just hone in on it, like superhuman God, we, hearing. We have such different experiences in this case. Because I was listening to hip hop. <laughs> I was listening to hip hop, and there's this guy. We we have a mutual friend named Andy and Rory. You know, two of them. They would come to my house in Radnor a lot. You know. And good girl, you guys, do yourselves a favor. Get blazed and listen to a guy named Willie D. Oh he's a gosh. former dude from. Uh, he's a he's a rapper from uh, the Ghetto Boys. That's man, what you he, were listening he, to. He would. I didn't listen, pay attention to the lyrics. You'd hear him in the background, you know. <laughs> but he did a song called "Bald Headed Hose." Okay. <laughs> Every wow, fucking Jerry. lyric. He, he brings up Whoopi Goldberg, and like I didn't notice this about this song. I was like, oh, the the, the, the chorus is funny. Yeah. You know, no, but if you listen to "Bald Headed Hose." I reckon you're with gonna, some weed. With some weed, you're gonna laugh your ass off. He yeah. also does another one called "I Need Some." I don't. I don't want to say. Is this is this okay to say? I don't. You haven't said it yet, so it's, I don't it's, know. It's a it's a bad word for the vagina. What? Which word? The p word. Yeah, I need some p word. And, okay, that's, and that's uh, that's the ghetto voice. Yeah. On say, just so you know, on satanic podcasts, we don't use curse words. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Satanists don't say those foul words. I'm sorry, guys. It's such a departure um, from yeah. other things that I do. <laughs> We're heathens. We're not completely classless uh, oh, animals. Super classless. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your your thing is. I mean, you can hear things like I I had a an experience recently with Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers. Okay. And it, it's a it is an organ in the beginning. I'm like, oh, like yeah. this. And then I hear the songs, and with the worst thing I did is I watched the video for this very same song. Oh. Don't, because they're all sitting there playing you don't like soccer, that. the short shorts. Oh, yeah. Don't don't worry about it, guys. Continue, right. Joseph. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I, I just I really loved the music aspect. It was it just made albums that I had already loved and listened to for damn near my whole life at that point. They were like new, this whole new layer to them that I could, and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I need to now go listen to. 
every album I've ever heard <laughs> in my life and already love right. 10 times with weed. And so I just dug into my music even more. And guys, already, if you don't know, I love music the most. Mm-hmm. Like in life, that is my jam. I love music so much and I always have. And it really excites me. And so to have this thing that suddenly made my favorite thing right. even better. Oh, I was so excited. Yeah, dude, it's cool. It's so shame. excited. It's a shame. like Not shame. I'm, it's good that you did, took the time. But I remember I would be listening to Raekwon or, or hip-hop. <laughs> and hip-hop has a lot to do with, with my weed my weed yeah. consumption. You know, sure. it, was, it was fashionable back then. And it's like one of the lines, get lifted in staircases, incarcerated. I, I got lifted in a project staircase. You know? <laughs> there you go. You I were mean, living was, these experiences. I was doing what these rappers were doing. I was smoking blunts in Philly. I was walking. I was walking the streets. You know, and we were. Yeah. We were. You know, before COVID, we would we would share blunts. You know, and it was like, and I was living that life. I felt I could. I had some touch tone to the music I was listening to as mm. a hip hop fan. You know, but it, it, here, like, and then they go, and then you're high, and they're doing the same thing. You're getting high with them, like Ghostface Killers smoking a ple- oh, smoking weed with me. Yeah, talking about throwing throwing Susie out the window and shit. <laughs> wow, Jerry. Like, and, and, but if you go back and listen to a, like, the, I think I got into a, I got into a anthemic albums, like more like a Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Mm. I would uh, sit there and I had a bong, I had a steel bong, and it was called the Super Binger. It sucked as far as a bong. You know, it was a big steel tube. You know, but you could get it cold. Right. And I would listen to this three-hour-long album, just taking ripping bong wow. hits, and 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 picturing you know Martians dying of cold and stuff like that. And it was like that was cool. But then you separate that, you just like, oh, that sounds like the Moody Blues, right? You separate the weed, you know. So I understand the music aspect, love it. Yeah. So that was huge, and the introspection part became clear after a little while. You know, there would be times where you know sometimes you run into a little difficult situation in life you know you're just having a thing it could be with yourself it could be with a partner it could be something wearing on your mind or whatever it is you need to work through and i found that you know i would get stoned and and take a walk around the neighborhood maybe i'd go walk the dog and even just inadvertently my mind would go to it would just sort of put a bit of a microscope on the situation or on myself and what it would do, and, and I've found a similar effect, maybe even more so when it comes to psychedelics, we'll get to those another day, I would almost be able to see flaws more clearly. I would come to a sort of realization like, oh, I was, I was wrong here. I, I fucked up that thing, and now I need to work on it. And, and this, you know, it just reminded me as I said those words, this was one of the things that first made me want to discuss these substances on this podcast. I was thinking about how I try my best to adhere to the principles laid out in the seven tenets because I agree with them and I think they're fundamentally good. I noticed that parts of the seven tenets have some overlap with prominent effects created by cannabis and psychedelics. One of those things is the focus on compassion and empathy. Just having the seven tenets near the forefront of my mind helps me to remember and focus on those things even more than I might otherwise. And I definitely feel that cannabis and psychedelics have emphasized those same things in my life. And another one might be the idea that people are fallible. And if we make a mistake, we should do our best to fix it. Cannabis has enhanced my willingness to recognize and acknowledge those moments and allow me to swallow my pride and work to fix things. Right. 
And so this introspection in the sense that it, you know, just helped me put a bit of a more critical mirror mm -hmm. to my own personality and behaviors and all of that. Yeah, well, you're breathing, you know, you're, you're taking a breath and, and in a lot of times you a lot, we're also, we're going somewhere and you're flippant with other people's words and feelings and you, you, cause you have a direction, you're not paying attention. Yeah. And one of the nicer things about marijuana or even like this is probably why cigarettes are so addictive as well is that it gives you moment breathing in, breathing out, <laughs> sure. breathing in. It's part of it. It's a ritual. Yeah, it like, does become ritualistic. It is. Like I still, I still smoke flour because I can't ever get rid of that. I like yeah. breaking it up. I like having my little album, yeah. my Tom Jones album of which I break up my marijuana yeah. and I put it on there. Always Tom it, Jones. It's the only one. It's the only record I have. Oh, okay. I, I, who, have no, I who have nothing. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. He was a classy man. I'm sure he's Dude. partaken in some weed. Again, we ever have, we're having a great discussion, but the reason I keep it is because he's wearing the tightest orange pants I've ever seen. You like that? And he tucks to the left. Okay. Because that sausage is awesome. Um The next one on my list is focus. focus. I, I put focus. Now, what I will do sometimes when I have a day and I have a specific task in mind, and again, it is task dependent. This is, doesn't apply to every task, but something like, okay, I want to be creative right now. I want to pick up my bass and write a song or I want to work on some lyrics for a song, or I want to do anything like that, I will get myself a little stoned. Now, so I brought up like playing music. You know, I, I, I play and, and sing in my band and stuff. And so on occasion, I like to do those things. I like to write a bass line or write a song or write some lyrics, whatever it might be. When I'm very stoned, I feel like it enhances my creativity when I want to create something, like write a new part, write new lyrics, it helps. But when I want to execute those things in like a more flawless or tight way, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily help. No, I think marijuana gives you a great outline because I've tried to paint high and it, it yeah. looks good at the time yeah. and, and, and then it fades away and it's like, oh, that's just me. Just, yeah. yeah. What am I doing? So it helps mentally. Yeah. It doesn't help the physical aspect. Like if I want to accurately play through a baseline, through a song mm -hmm. and have it be tight, weed isn't going to help with the accuracy. Right. But at the beginning of the process, when I'm making up something from nothing, yeah. when I'm just full creativity mode, I like the weed. I feel like it helps. It just opens me up. I feel the ideas are flowing. Mm -hmm. it just it's just coming. I think a powwow. It's it works in a, it works in group sessions too. When yeah. you're talking to somebody, like I used to call it whispers in the wind. Now yeah. that I'm in a recorded medium, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Well, as much. the very next one on my list is camaraderie. Yes, have and I. I feel like it definitely works there. That might be what you're getting at. Camaraderie, camaraderie is massive, and, and that might be the one thing you might have missed out on. Skipping all those years of not sampling uh, any type of narcotic. Is um, <laughs> it's not a narcotic, <laughs> whatever. But, it's, but yes. it's whatever. <laughs> you missed you missed them all, man. <laughs> the the uh, is the camaraderie that comes with usage. Yes, and I, I, you find that with everything. By the way, I mean, there's cocaine, heroin, uh, PCP. They all they all have their little clubs, you know. Yeah. But like uh, marijuana, you get coked up and make some friends. No, you shouldn't. But yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, but mar marijuana has a camaraderie. You're more free flowing. You don't take things. A lot of people aren't as an, much of an asshole. As they are in real life, you know, like you ever meet an aggressive person, but you get them high, yeah. they're like super happy and they're happy to be part of it. Camaraderie is massive. And I think as a young man, you might have missed out on that, but you might have missed out on a lot of meeting a lot of stupid people too at the same time. Yeah. Well, I love it. I you know, I do I things no like people. hanging out with you and, and Andy, our friends. And, yeah. And, you know, I have like my record club that I would do sometimes. And there's just a, uh, a communal 
really nice aspect mm-hmm. to it. If everybody's on that same page, you're in the mood to be together and share stories and just share your time and maybe share some music and you share your weed and everybody gets in this sort right. of different mindset. I it's mean, just, you're a little kinder. You're more likely to have a, a grin on your face. It's you beautiful. Know? I mean, we come up with so many, you act out things, you know, if you're like a, if you're prone to a sketch, if you like sketch artistry or, or mm-hmm. improv, it's so much fun to do uh, with on on marijuana because everything's funny. I mean, it might not be funny to people on the outside, but <laughs> sure. it's funny at the time. You know, <laughs> we don't have to concern ourselves with those people no, on the not, outside. They're not part of our weed yeah. club. They're over there in the cocaine yeah. club. We don't care about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always nice. You know, you're just in a little oh, yeah. a little group of your friends in the evening or wherever you are, maybe out at the park yeah. having having a day. We have a little weed. It just little, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's nice because because if you're if you're if you're stone sober and somebody's like. I mean, look at that geese. Isn't it beautiful? No, man. I don't want to get near that thing. <laughs> yeah. But if you look over and you just, somebody look at that geese, it's beautiful. You'll look at it for a good couple hey, minutes. It really like, is. Look at that. I wonder how. It really is. Quite a how nice it's one. Moving so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have on here pain relief or something in yes. reference to running, working out, all that stuff. Very big. That was one of the things that immediately, that was, you know, essentially my first use of yeah. cannabis was in that context. And yeah particularly running the track like I would do. I just, there were days when I was, I'm not that runner guy that's like, I love running. I'm so happy to run. No, it's, I ran to like help my body and I found it to be a really interesting and important mental challenge, but I didn't love running. I'm not that runner guy. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's miserable, but valuable and, 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 you know, good for the purpose that, your cardio. That I guess we're trying to accomplish. If you, uh, when I ran track and then I subsequently cross country, you can get over running by looking around. Yeah. If you like, especially cross country where you're looking around at the at the trees and stuff. Yeah. Like well, that. I was never running like through my neighborhood or through the woods or trails. Okay. I was running around an oval on the track. Oh. So yeah. it was the same scenery right. every day. It Very was clinical. a flat track, real clinical. Yeah. But you get my ass stoned first thing in the morning while I'm running. And all of a sudden, it is beautiful. Yeah. Really, I would be running, sweat dripping into my eyes, my body just at its max we, fucking output. And you, I would be thinking to myself, "Wow, it's really beautiful out here. This is great." You know, I mean, you you run at your old high school, mm-hmm. and you that doesn't run that you know, looking around at that that place. Yeah, you're like, yeah. You're like, "Fuck this place." I'm yeah. so happy, you know. <laughs> but yeah, there there were times where I was really conscious. I was consciously thinking. Like, this is really nice right now. Like, I love this. This is cool. Mm -hmm. And what it would do is just allow me to suppress what was happening with my body a bit more. And the same thing for in the gym. I'm on the machines or running the track. It didn't matter. I would be more able to suppress what my body was doing and focus on what was happening in my mind, which was the music and my surroundings if I was outside running and I did find that with that high happening, I was able to perform better for longer. I could just keep it going longer. I don't know if that's as simple as its effect on pain receptors. I know that's an aspect of it. Very big. Um, but also maybe a simple distraction, right. but a really nice one mm-hmm. that's like in my brain. And I just found that to be a really great benefit I'll tell you, when for you, sure. There's a runner's high. I'll never know what it is. I, I ran for years, and I have no yeah. goddamn clue what that shit is. It, so yeah. I did, you might as well get high to get it there. It's hard know? to tell what it is because I was actually high. It could be dehydration, the yeah, runner's high. I think it, it could might be. be. 
you're going to fall over and die yeah, if you don't yeah. do something That's what about it feels it. like when you're about to vomit from working <laughs> out too hard. Um, the next one, I have sleep, particularly in relation to edibles. I use edibles almost every night, and I use them most specifically to sleep. I've had sleep issues for as long as I can remember, really, since I was a teen. And uh, I've struggled with that forever. And I found that the edibles in particular really helped me get there. Mm. I, I smoke weed. If I smoke weed too late and don't let it fade away, I'll fall. I wake up drowsy as hell the next day. Yo, like yeah. my eyes hurt. Like I, I don't know what it is. It's always been that way for huh. me. Yeah, yeah, I do the, the edibles. It, it gives, it is a different high. Oh, edibles, I don't. I have never, I never mess with them. You don't mess with them? No. And I have had bad experiences. No, I just watched other people like more what you did, you know, as I watched, watched like we told the guy, don't eat the whole, I have had edibles, but they were small doses. Like mm. I was told to do by a professional. I said, it's just don't eat the whole goddamn gummy bears. I go, all right, I won't. Yeah. And it was good. It was fine. It was sure. a body high as far as how to explain it. Yeah. And, more so. And, and then I watched this one dude at work. So he's like, okay, just take at co- work, take a little bit of that cookie. He's like, right down his throat. I'm like, Oh no. Is this like at your current job? Yeah. My current job. Oh, really? This was, this was when I first started. So this dude jumps in. He's now a very, very famous, not very famous, but a pretty successful, uh, a gamer, you know, okay. a streamer. And, uh, he tried to throw himself. He legitimately tried to th- throw himself in the traffic. I was like, don't. What? <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? This is what marijuana. He, he, he was, he were holding, they were holding them back. And he was trying what? to run in. I don't, this kid doesn't do drugs. He doesn't do anything. And so he did he this He ate cookie. edibles and wanted to go into traffic? Yeah, he wanted to run into traffic. He felt, he felt, he felt like he didn't want to live anymore. Like, that's really? Not, that's not the right reaction. Yikes. I'll tell you his name later. I'll show you his video. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I think maybe that guy had some underlying he had conditions some real issues, <laughs> that I'm maybe sure. were brought to the forefront. I was selling a car when he was trying to throw himself into the traffic. I just remember looking out the window like, oh, shit. Yeah, you <laughs> did not help him. No. No, you didn't I help can't him. help him. I'm trying to make money. Right. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to say I've never, I don't think I've ever had weed uh, induce any suicidal feelings. I've had me. to leave. I think the, word, the when I talked to you about the girl, when I left the wedding, that was about the only time I was like, I got to get the, I wasn't suicidal, yeah. but I was angry. Like, this is ruining everything. Right. And, I, and I, I don't want my this, this perfect high to be ruined by this person. Right. <laughs> so I had to leave. Yeah. Well, the, the high was way better than what you were doing. Yeah. I, again, not tolerant. Of things I find, I uh, things I find, you know, repugnant. Gotcha. At the time, you know, like I don't want, I don't want to do this anymore. You've seen it with me all the time. But I don't want to do this. Yeah, I, I get that way every week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the sleep thing works good for me. Uh, what else? Oh, so this one, I guess this is always a big one for me. I put on here my mother, and oh. I know what this means. Um, so my mom, guys, Jerry often likes to make fun of the fact that my mom has passed away. My, you know, my mom was a weed user back in the day, mm-hmm. and I was aware of it, and it wasn't an issue for me. But my mom and I had an up-and-down relationship, you know, certainly in her later years, which her later years weren't that late. My mom passed away at the age of 51, so not very old. And at the time that she passed away— we had been having a, I don't know, how would you put it? It, it? We weren't at our best time. Right. I don't know that we were necessarily at our worst time, but, you know, things weren't great. And we'd had some back and forth during that, you know, a phase of time. And so after she passed away, I was left with a lot of weird feelings. You know, it wasn't just a simple, um, some imagine, you know, if you can, someone in your life like your mother passes away, you know, you're very sad. You're in mourning. You're, that's a lot for anybody to deal with. 
And in my case, there was, I guess, some of the normal stuff, but there was all of this resentment left in there and anger and weird, just not great feelings um, that I was dealing with for some time. So it just wasn't great. Fast forward a bit, and then I start using cannabis. So at the time, when did my mom die? She, uh, I think it was like 2009, I want to say, 9 or 10. And I didn't start using the weed until 2015. So there were a few years in between there. So after I am settled into using the weed for a bit, one thing that I guess is pretty common with a lot of us when we get high is a, a bit of nostalgia, mm-hmm. I guess, comes comes to light, you know. And I have so much nostalgia already tied up in music, generally. I love new music and all different kinds of music, but I really will always love music that I've attached myself to for my whole life. You know, I love albums that I've loved since I was in the second grade. And so I have a lot of nostalgia related to music. And so much of music in my life came from my mother, particularly through childhood. You know, music that she was into, she turned me onto, and then it became some of my favorite music. And when I listen to these albums, which I do frequently, often thoughts of my mother would just come up. You can't help it. You have memories, you know, good times, bad times, whatever they come up. So... Once I got settled into using cannabis and appreciating music and everything, I would be high, put on an album, and inadvertently, all these memories and thoughts would come up. I'd have these nostalgic feelings for, oh, I remember the first time I heard this album, or I remember when I fell in love with this album, or, oh, my mom turned me on to this album when I was a kid, and that's cool. And what I found happening is because I was... Well, first of all, I was getting stoned fairly regularly, you know, it's mostly daily, you know, we're close to it. And I was listening to music constantly like I do. And so more and more, as these thoughts and memories came forth, I realized that all my thoughts that were now relating back to my mother were all positive. It was just coloring my experiences in a positive light. My focus no longer was on any of the the negative shit or the problems or any of those weird feelings that I was left with for a while. It just, I feel the effects of the cannabis just directed me and my thoughts and memories into a positive direction. And so for some years now, it's been when this comes up, which is frequent, my thoughts and hence my whole relationship with my mother posthumously is much better. Um, When I think about my mom now, like I said, it's kind of the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm consciously aware as we sit here talking, yeah, there were times when my mom and I had a rough relationship. Okay. I mean, that's reality. That's that's life. Things aren't perfect. But the, the overwhelming feeling that I'm left with is always nowadays the good stuff. Reflection. You know, I remember those good times. Oh, that album. Yeah, my mom, she played it for me this day. It was so great. You know, I just remember that. Yeah. And I even I even attach the smell of marijuana often enough to my mom because when I was a little kid, you know, kid through whatever, elementary through whatever, high school probably, my mom would have weed around sometimes and I would smell it. 
and I knew where it was in the house and I would smell it. And I remember that smell so distinctly. Now when I smell that smell, it kind of gives me that yeah. that memory, which was a positive yeah. memory for whatever reason. Um, but it was. And so, yeah, I, I actually credit cannabis for oddly repairing my relationship with my mother. It's awesome. Years after she had passed away. Nothing but the highest respect for you and your mother's relationship. <laughs> you always make fun of my poor dead mother. I do um, not. But it's all right. I forgive you because I'm a man that uses cannabis regularly. <laughs> and as such, I'm a much kinder, I'm more go, forgiving, I'm empathetic go person. Go home and hang myself. <laughs> Stop fun it, of a dead woman. <laughs> I don't make fun of any anyone's mother. Yeah. Uh, and the last bullet point on my little list here is just... I just wrote, weed makes me feel better, generally. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Yeah, you know, in the, in the long run, it's a selfish act. Well, sure. Of <laughs> I, course it is. I don't and that's to... totally okay, right? Yeah, man. Real, well, real, and real hey, listen to this. Show. It's a selfish act because it makes us feel better. Mm -hmm. Whatever way, whatever that means. You know, I've found that getting stoned can turn my day around. You ever just have not the best day? Some days yeah. you're just a little cranky mm -hmm. or you didn't have a great day. Things didn't go your way, whatever it might be. Just feeling a little old and salty that day. You could have some weed. And I find that before the session is even over, I've got a stupid smile stupid on my face. Happy. I think I got a little grin on my I face. Think, I think there will be moments where I will lose my fucking mind. I will get angry. <laughs> I will yell. But what marijuana does is in the middle of this yelling, I'll realize the absurdity of yelling about something, whatever subject I'm doing. And yeah. this goes out beyond what we do. But there's an absurd, it does, it does paint the absurdities of extreme emotion. We're on a trip, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's absurd. The absurdity of existence is so evident if you really sit back and look at it. And marijuana enhances that and, if not, brings it to the forefront. And while it's not, it shouldn't be a crutch in that respect. Man, it's a great way to do it. Well, you know, I <laughs> talked quite a bit earlier about that whole crutch idea. Mm -hmm. I had this negative perception of people using this crutch and like, oh, you need this thing. You it's, can't it's less just than crutch is a tool. You can't just be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, now I see that. Mm -hmm. At a certain point when I was in that period where I was sort of considering and deciding to open myself to using substances, part of that consideration was the idea that Life is hard, man. Like, life hurts yeah. a lot. And I'm okay with using a fucking plant <laughs> that grows from the earth yeah. to help me a little bit. Why not? Why not? Is it going to hurt me? Is it going to kill me? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to. I'm going to try it because if it's able to help life hurt a little less sometimes, fuck, I'm open to it, man. Amen. I'm open to that help. And it does help in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, not everybody can do it all the time. I know not everybody likes weed. Not everybody can use weed. And, man, you know, people with different situations, yeah, different symptoms come from it for some for certain yeah, people. They do. But they man, like if you've got the opportunity and you're not having a great day and you are a little, uh, you are a cannabis user, you have a little weed, Walk your dog for, you know, Damn. 30 minutes. Gosh, it can really turn your day around. Get lifted, man. I really think it can turn your day yeah. around. Um, and we were just there touching on an idea. I don't know if you said the words, but that childlike 
experience. You know, one, a, a lovely uh, friend of mine wrote in one of our listener messages earlier in this episode about how she has had some tough times in her life, and nowadays she can use cannabis to really recapture a bit of that childlike nature and, you know, eat some candy yeah. or listen to some c- cool albums and all the stuff that we like to do. Indulge, you know? man. You yeah, know, indulge a little. And, and you know, I think it might have been more uh, Anton LaVey and his gang, but th- he would focus on the idea that the Satanist should prioritize indulgence over abstinence. Yeah. I had forced an abstinence on myself and and again I don't I don't regret it and it had its benefits but it was very rigid and it carried on for a really long time. <laughs> and now that I do allow myself to focus more on indulgence as a grown man who can draw reasonable limits for myself and my behavior generally I trust myself to use substances and things in a reasonable way, I would say. You know, that's subjective. Other people might think I'm a fucking maniac, but <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. Nah, and I think I use the substances in my life yeah. nowadays to my benefit. And if I'm being real honest, I think to the benefit of people around me. That's right. You're a beacon of light. You've uh, helped us all. And thank <laughs> well, you for being high. <laughs> I think, you know, think about it, man. I've got a kid, you yeah, know, and, and I've talked to you, Jerry. I've made life decisions in other all kind of areas of my life where I did things that would help myself and directly therefore help my son. Yeah. And I think this falls into the same category. Mm-hmm. I think the more I feel good and feel happy and feel less depressed and feel whatever, I think all of those things make me a better friend, a better person to be around, a better father, a better whatever. And it's a work in progress, man. I'm still working on it all, all the time. I'm trying my best. When it comes to kids, it's always that way. Yeah, yeah. But I do find it to be helpful. It helps. It does definitely help. And I think the little weed plays a role. (laughs) Some of the paintings, you'll see the paintings during the day that these kids do when they're young. You're like, ah, it's... That's good. You did a great job. Yeah. But if they if you're high, <laughs> you look at that that kaleidoscope of colors, you're like, baby girl. It's hilarious. Look great. what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, Jerry, listen, do you have any important closing feelings about the weed? The weed, it's a it's a lifelong friend. It held it has held my hand and I've held it for 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 since I I mean Jesus almost Don't say that word on this podcast. Twenty nine years uh, <laughs> oh d- what? <laughs> and I don't know what to say if I can't say Jesus. Whatever. <laughs> I've heard like twenty nine something years of math and all that. But um, yeah, it's 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 something that's going to stick with me the rest of my life. And it was a personality trait in my twenties. And you think it'll be with you forever now? I think yeah. How can you ever do? I was a stoner kid in yeah. from from my fifteen to to almost twenty eight. Yeah. And and now yeah, it's part of me. And I've I've not I don't indulge as much, but it's going to be there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, listen, that's about all we've got for you right now. We will have another episode at some point, not super soon, maybe, but I'm going to focus on psychedelics. Uh, I say it's not going to be soon. Who knows? It might be next fucking week. We'll see what happens. If you've got a moment, please visit HailSatanPodcast.com and uh, push all the buttons on the website and send me some emails. You know what to do. Everybody stay safe out there. Hail Satan.
Ramanushikadineva. He will free his servants.